Welcome to Rebirth of Venus, the podcast where I talk dirty about spiritual evolution, the self-love revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. My name is Caitlin Matanley, and I want to thank you so deeply for being here. Hello, everybody. Good morning. I hope you're having a lovely morning. I hope you're I hope you woke up on the right side of the bed, and hell, if you didn't, crawl back in and do it again. You know, I always said that I don't really believe in a bad day. I believe in, like, a bad hour, <laughs> maybe a bad five minutes. But, you know, even I have, for the past few days or weeks or, I don't know, as I've talked about a little bit in my last episode... Um, I've definitely been having some trouble getting my mojo back, and I'm happy to say it's back, baby. (laughs) So, you know, even though I say there's no such thing as a bad day, when it does happen, even against your everything you try, trust that it's going to get better. I promise. And, you know, you can wake up every day, as I did during that period, (laughs) I woke up every day, you know, really making an honest effort to switch things around. Um, For me, the missing piece was and always is, always will be mindset. I, believe it or not, am really prone to, you know, when a string of things doesn't go the way I I expect them to, I can really, I don't know if it's easily, but considering how much work I do on myself, I feel like I still relatively easy, easily will kind of sink back into the hole. <laughs> and as you probably know, once you're in the hole, it is hard to get out, baby. It is hard. And so I'm happy to say that I am out. I am enjoying life. I'm enjoying the sun. I'm enjoying my new recording studio. I hope this sounds a little better. I've noticed on the past few episodes or maybe all of the episodes and I only just started noticing it um, more ambient sound than I would like and so I set up a little new brand new recording studio want to know a secret it's my closet (laughs) but you know a few actually like pretty what I consider pretty big podcasters I listen to record in their closets and I was like you know I, I could fit in there I could sit there so I've uh So here I am. The only problem is I really had to make sure to close all of the doors, including even my bedroom door, because the cats, if you've listened to previous episodes, um, we have four cats, obsessed with them. (laughs) But they love hanging out in the closets, and I knew they were going to be way too interested once they saw me going in for the first time. So I'll be coming out of the closet soon, but... uh, (laughs) Anyway, um, here we are. So I hope it sounds great. I hope it sounds crisp and clear like a, like a, I don't know, something that's crisp and clear. So have you ever completely forgotten about something that you later found really serendipitously? And it was just a huge blessing. Um, for me, that happened just a few minutes before I started recording this. Uh, a few months ago, I don't even know how many months ago now, but a few. I definitely a few, <laughs> like maybe four. <laughs> I started cooking up um, a magical ritual oil for myself, just for my personal use. And just a real quick, you know, 
I don't know how to, because <laughs> I know I'm going to get a lot of questions. I love making ritual oils um, because I use a lot of oils in my body and skincare. Um, and they're great for anointing candles. You can anoint money with them. There's so many uses for them. I like to make them skin friendly because I use them on my skin a lot. But it's a really, really, really simple way to bring some intention, some magic into your everyday life. And they're really easy to make. Really fucking easy. So um, I, what I do is I take a jar, just like a regular old glass jar. Make sure it's glass so the plastic doesn't like leach into it. Um, I just save glass jars from like whatever. So <laughs> um doesn't have to be fancy, can be fancy if you want. Um, so I save like a working jar and something that's good size and I fill it with plant matter corresponding to my, um, my intention for the oil. And this, honestly, I use my intuition. I do know a lot about the traditional correspondences of plants. You can look that up if you're like plants that represent love or whatever. Um, but I really, really, really encourage you to use your intuition. And the crazy thing is, if you do this, even if you have limited knowledge of the plants, I guarantee that you could Google it afterwards. For example, say you're making an oil for abundance, let's say, and you're looking. I mean, you can like just go to your mar local market and look. Hell, I've even used like dried flowers that I had um, or I've used even teas like loose whole leaf teas that I've had I mean that's just dried herbs you know you can really get creative and if it doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money that's my point here so say you're making an abundance oil and you are just looking at what you have and you're thinking okay like hmm what does like what just says abundance to me Okay, let's say you have, like, access to a small, fresh herb garden. Lucky you. And you look, and you're like, mint. That feels like abundance, right? It's green. It smells fresh. Okay, cool. Um, you know, what else? What else? Um, hmm. Rosemary. That, that really seems like abundance to me. Or what about cinnamon? That seems like abundance. Maybe pull some cinnamon sticks out of your kitchen cupboard. The funny thing is, is you may, you could Google afterwards, you know, correspondences of cinnamon and intuitively you thought, hmm, abundance. I don't know. It just feels like warm. It feels like the hearth that makes me think of abundance. And it is actually traditional correspondence for, for that, for abundance. So I encourage you to use your intuition and you'll often find they, your intuition knows these correspondences which is a big reason they've been used throughout history. And here's the thing. Even if it doesn't, who fucking cares? <laughs> because magic is all intention and it's all about you. So there are lots of traditional um, herbs and plants that mean X, Y, or Z. And that to me, I'm just like, ah, that doesn't really feel right to me. Um, or others that I used for ages before actually learning that they were even used in magical traditions. For example, um, hibiscus or jamaica, as it's known as here in Mexico, I've used for ages for various usages um, in 
infusing it in oils. I've used it um, to make magical potions and teas, all kinds of things. And it was only recently when I lived here, I even thought to like see if it had magical properties. And sure enough, a lot of people use it for um, love magic, especially like to, to strengthen a lasting bond, um, a deep bond, self-love, you know, these sort of deeper I mean, I love, I love roses, but um, Jessica Alexandra of Bahati Life, who is like amazing, um, I highly recommend checking out her site. She has gorgeous handmade um, intention oils and things like that. It's a great resource if you don't feel like making them, them, them yourself, or even if you do make them yourself, she says beautiful products and maybe you want to just like buy them. <laughs> But she mentioned on one of her YouTube videos, um, she has a big YouTube channel, which is also such a great resource. And she taught, she was the first person I heard in the magical community after years of using this flower who talked about that. And she said, you know, for her, a rose is all about sort of um, like a sort of surface love and hibiscus is, goes deeper. And that's just her interpretation. Of course, you could agree with that or not. But I thought that was so interesting that, like, we picked up on the same thing intuitively. You know, she didn't read that in a book. <laughs> so that's really interesting. Um, anyway, back to my oils. So I did not intend to give you, like, a tutorial on how to make magical oils. But here we are. <laughs> Consider this a little bonus to the actual episode. Um, but she... Okay, I already talked about her. Never mind. <laughs> back to me. So... Um, Use your, use your intuition, and um, what I do, this is my just basic process. You can, you know, make it as fancy as you like. I fill the bottle with the plant matter, and I do make sure it is all dried. So even the, like, um, if you do pick fresh herbs, dry them in your kitchen. I just hang them up in my kitchen for a week. They're dry. Um, I've heard of people who live in hot climates who have cars, like in the summer or whatever, of, and I think I, I did this once or twice back in the day when I lived in such a climate and had such a car. Um, you can actually like put a towel out um, in or a sheet or something in your trunk and lay out the plant matter or maybe lay it out like on a tray with edges like a cookie sheet or something, baking sheet, and let it dry in there. It'll dry like in a day. So anyway, dry the herbs because if you put fresh herbs in there, they contain water and that can make the oil go bad. Um, so and then I just I let it cook and I say cook. I don't literally mean cook. <laughs> um, well, I fill it with oil. Uh, you know, if you're using it on your skin, be well, in general, I prefer natural oils. I mean, it doesn't make sense to make this like gorgeous magical oil and put like canola oil in it. Like, ew. <laughs> so. I love coconut oil, which is solid at room temperature. I don't heat it to melt it. What I do is I'll put a dish in the sun and let it just melt naturally that way. It just feels better to me. Pour it in um, the jar. Uh, you can also use, I mean, gosh, you can use all kinds of oils. That's my kind of go-to. Um, but I know traditionally I think people tend to use more um, fragrance-free oils because I don't know, maybe you want like a really specific scent or you want something that stays liquid all the time. So you could use jojoba oil or sesame oil or 
you know, just whatever, or argan oil. But it's not fancy you want to get, like whatever oil. Um, and yeah, I fill it all the way up. So I really make sure the plant matter is packed in because I want it like really juicy. You can even put crystals in there. I do that. Um, it's ideal if they're um, tumbled crystals, just so you don't have to worry about like little bits coming off, although it's never happened to me. So whatever. Um, <laughs> so, you know, crystals that kind of meet with your intention. Um, and I put it in, I, I let it cook, quote, unquote, in for a full moon cycle. So if it's something that I um, am bringing in, so if it's like an abundance oil or a love oil or just like a, you know, beauty oil or something like that, I'll let it, I'll, I'll start it on the new moon and I'll let it go until the full moon. And then I transfer it to my altar for the second half. Um, and I'll either keep it on my altar after that, after that whole moon cycle where I'm like actively working on it. I'm praying to it. I'm surrounding it with crystals. I'm um, setting my intention into it, really doing that daily. I didn't mention that. That's like the most important part. <laughs> um, I'm letting it sit in the moonlight for that whole waning, or I'm sorry, the whole waxing cycle. If it's a protection oil or something like that, I'll do the waning moon. So I'll put it out on the full moon and I will let it sit um, in moonlight or on my altar um, for the moon cycle starting with the full moon. And I'll even let it like put it out in the sun here and there just to get some good sun energy. I don't let it stay in the sun because I don't want the heat to like oxidize it too much. Just like a little extra. Anyway, after a full moon cycle, and as always, if like you're really into this idea and this little like quickie isn't cutting it and you're missing a part of what I've said, feel free to shoot me a message or email. Um, my contact info is in the show notes always. So at that point, I'll go with my intuition. I might leave it on the, on my altar or I might put it in a dark area just to kind of like really, for me, and this is, I think, unconventional. Um, I, there's a really important element to me of forgetting about it. Um, now, I have never straight up forgotten, forgotten about it like I did this time. <laughs> but um, I like once that once it's been in the moon cycle for either a full waxing or a full waning moon cycle. Um, at, real quick backup. Waxing moon is from the new moon until the full and waning moon is from the full to the new. So waxing is when it, the moon is increasing. It's good for any workings around increase or attraction. And then the waning is best for anything about like banishing, protection, release, things like that. It's when the moon is decreasing. Okay, back in. <laughs> like I said, this was not part of the show notes for the day. Um, the mental show notes. But here we are. So... Um, I, I actually will, will either, I mean, you could leave it on your altar, but I actually, after I've let it really soak up the energy of the altar, I put it in a safe, special place. Um, it could be one of my magical drawers. It could be like on a shelf, but for me, it's important to forget about it. And like I said, I've never heard of anyone else doing this. I mean, 
not like I invented it, but just like this is not the conventional way to do it. Because here's the thing, for example, with a manifestation, with something you're trying to manifest, if you're very attached to the outcome and thinking about it every day and you're like, you know, trying to make it happen, um, it's not going to happen, baby. Or it will, but it'll take forever. There's a reason, like, even before I knew about manifestation, I would make lists, like, from, you know, for years, well over a decade, make New Year's resolution lists, and then I'd, like, completely lose it. And I find at the end of the year, and many, if not all, or most of those intentions had come to, to pass. And it was because I wasn't attached. And this is why, a little sidebar, yet another, um, I really am, like, so not down with this, like, a lot of, like, ugh, where do I start? A lot of people who talk about manifestation on the internet <laughs> have, like, all of these rituals which, okay, here's the thing. The rituals are fucking great if they actually help you get in alignment and they're fun for you. But if you are like, okay, I got to remember to do this and then this and then this. I got to visualize for you know, 20 minutes and then I got to meditate for 20 minutes and then I got to like write out my intention 50 times. Like literally there is a well-known, oh, I'm not going to mention names, but a well-known manifestation coach who like teacher who who um like really goes into that she didn't invent that i this idea about writing down the intention multiple times but she like really talks about it and like sells that i think she's like a little product about it or something um she's not somebody i follow she was somebody i followed in the past but anyway like this um this ritual like and i've seen a lot of people even on, on like reddit and stuff talking about this um there's like, you know, you write your intention like 55 times for five days in a row, like at five o'clock. It's like, I don't even know. There's all these fives. And like, that's what's a call in your intention. And I'm like, oh my God, how many people enjoy doing that? Like, I literally tried it once. And after a day, I was like, nope. <laughs> now, if it works for you, great. But my point here with the forgetting the oil, I went on like a total sidebar there. Um, is it's like forgetting an intention. You've released it. You've poured your desires, your intentions into it for a period of time in a joyful way that feels aligned. And then you let it go. And for me, the act of like putting it on a shelf until I just like feel that it's ready or, you know, putting it in a drawer and not just like throwing it somewhere but like intentionally putting it somewhere and probably forgetting about it is really powerful. So that's what I do. Anyway, so this time, my whole point bringing this up was that this time I actually forgot about it the second time around. And um, after checking on it the first time and it just like didn't feel ready, it didn't smell that great. And I found it again. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm actually like completely out of oils this really, really resonates with some things I'm working on. Um, I, I kind of like didn't, the intention I realized was, had changed slightly um, due to like some knowledge I have now. Now, the intention's the same, but like the personality of the oil has changed. That's an important way to look at it. And I, I smelled it and it smelled better, still funky. So I ended up actually just like adding a few drops of essential oil to it that again, corresponded with my working. 
Um, it was like perfect now. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is so powerful now. It's like golden color now. Like, oh my God, total heaven. And I just like, it was just like a total gift from the universe. And I was like, okay, here it is. Now it's time. So anyway, I'll be bathing myself in this and just like walking around town, you know, having everything that I desire and then some come to me. It's going to be great. So <laughs> that was the longest intro of all time, 20 minutes. Um, literally, the topic of this episode is not how to create a magical oil. That's why I like rushed through that because my point was just to tell a story about like finding something and then and then you or you know find losing something finding it again and having it be exactly what you need in that moment. Now, this is not an excuse to be a hoarder. <laughs> you know, a lot of people hoard because they're like, I might need it someday. It's not what we're talking about here. Go watch the Marie Kondo show if you need some rehab. Um but, or I guess hoarders, but I've never watched that show, so I can't really speak for it. <laughs> I'm, like, too scared. But um, it's cool when it just, like, works out like that. So, yeah, I don't know. My lesson, the lesson for me in that was you know, eyes open because that happened a few times today in other things, but this was, like, something I had created. It was, like, a gift for my past self, so it felt different. But, like, yeah, eyes open, you know? You're going to just, like, pay attention. Blessings are everywhere. So today, it was actually going to be a short episode, but now it's me longer since I had the longest intro of eternity. I wanted to talk about altars to Venus. And actually, what I really wanted to talk about is altars in general. Um, I, I just like the way altars to Venus sounded. And I mean, I work with Venus, but, you know, what is an altar to Venus? It's an altar to art, beauty, pleasure, desire, love. Uh, yes, please. <laughs> I guarantee something in that resonates to you. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't jive with like Venus per se, I mean, my I actually my altar has evolved into really a um, global love goddess altar. Um, I work with Venus. I work with the Lakshmi. They're faces of the same energy. Um, you could bring in you know, you could do some research about the various um, love goddesses who are, who all, all around the world, also bring in abundance, art, beauty. You know, for me, it's like I'm not trying to, like, find a boyfriend. I have a fabulous one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's about, like, everything that energy of love is. So, um, of course, that being said, as you are, if you are doing research into deities or spirits who belong to other cultures, be mindful that you're not just like taking them completely out of context um, and, you know, appropriating their usage. Like, I do think it can be done respectfully and with a deep understanding, um, especially because not a lot, many of these deities such as Lakshmi, do exist outside of religious context, as well as obviously in the religious context. So, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, I'm not going to go into details on that now. Um, but as you're, you know, whatever you want to call in, make an altar to it in your home. And that's why I want to talk about it today. Um, you don't even have to work with a deity or a pantheon. You know, 
the the point of these these um characters i'll call them um and i am you know a secularist like pretty through and through i mean i'm a (laughs) not probably a lot of people would not consider me that but i don't follow religion and so um I and I study a, a few different traditions that to me work perfectly together. But, um, you know, that's another piece. And again, like I don't want to go on a giant tangent here, although it's a really important conversation. It warrants, honestly, its whole own episode. Um, if you are a fellow secularist, it's especially important to show respect for the traditions that you're quote unquote borrowing from and to not be appropriative. And my key tips here are to, which I actually talked about a bit on a previous episode about working. It was the Q&A episode, and I talked about working with deities. But um, really, you want to have an understanding of the tradition you're, you're drawing from. You know, I do think that all of these deities are, are representations of the same universal energies. And so... I personally don't think it's inherently bad or inherently disrespectful to use representations of that from other cultures and traditions. However, it often is those things. (laughs) It's often disrespectful. It's often appropriative because so many people are just like, oh, Lakshmi is the goddess of abundance like I'll have her you know or like ocean is you know oh like she's you know from the continent of Africa like oh that's more exotic than Venus like I'm gonna go with that it's like uh, you're kind of missing the point there um how about like really doing some research because if you're going to have develop a um a relationship with a deity or a you know the energy the archetype of a deity you have to know where it comes from. You have to understand and respect its history and understand the ways in which, you know, if you are borrowing from an existing tradition or a existing religion, that, you know, the privilege you have in being able to pick out one, and this is the point of what appropriation is, of picking out one point of, um, you know, one piece of that tradition and not having to worry about the rest, you know? And this is a really big issue when it comes to a lot of the um, of the spirits and deities associated with marginalized religions or marginalized faiths or marginalized traditions. Um, if you don't have an understanding and you're not, like, buying into the whole thing and you're just picking and choosing as an outsider it's easy to miss the fact that like people are prosecuted persecuted prosecuted (laughs) persecuted for belief these beliefs in some places or people are looked down on for these beliefs in some places and so yeah so when you're choosing what to devote the altar to um you know I really focus on the energy I'm trying to devote it to And then if I'm choosing global representations of that, it's not that I'm like directly worshiping them. It's more that I'm like showing 
appreciation for them and understanding that like there are many faces to these energies. So I hope that makes sense. Um, it's an important conversation and a very challenging and nuanced one. So um, hopefully I did a decent job of kind of explaining my perspective on that. And I hope that is helpful to you. So if there's something you want to call in an energy, having a physical space for it in your home is so hugely powerful. Um, you know, and, and feng shui kind of does this. If you've studied feng shui at all, um, the very basics are that the home is split into different areas that represent different parts of your life. And in those areas, you know, there are many like elements and things you can incorporate, but you can also incorporate you know, images or representations of that thing, of your desires. So in your love area, you know, you're, it's, if you're looking for a partner, it's ideal to have pairs of things, not threesomes unless you're looking for threesome <laughs> you know in your career area like you know if you have like framed awards and things like that that can be really good it's kind of turning your whole home into an altar and this works on different levels sure on an energetic level but also just like a visual reminder of what you're working towards so altars building an altar can be really fun it does not have to be um religious or denominational or even you know, associated with a specific spiritual tradition. Um, it's really about, you know, there is the spiritual piece if, if you desire to bring that in, but it's also just a visual representation and reminder of what you're trying to call in. Not trying, what you are calling in. <laughs> um, and that's really powerful. You know, in the past, in different points of my life, I've sometimes made my altar my desk, you know, and I was like building a business, you know, having it be a really inspiring area, having overtly spiritual elements, sure, um, like intention candles or crystals, yes, perhaps, but also other things like books that inspired me or images like of things I wanted to create, etc. Um, that became like its own little altar. So you can think beyond just like, um putting things out in a specific area that like nobody can touch <laughs> so it really works on the mind level as well and so think about what you want to call in and set a real intention for that and um and pick a spot so my altar right now is on a bookshelf you know it's very simple. Well, it, the altar itself is not that simple, but the space, just simple. It's, it's there. Um, you could use the top of a shelf. You could use the top of a dresser, a desk. Like I said, just like make sure you, I mean, make sure your desk isn't like a messy desk <laughs> if you're doing that. You know, um, might be might be a way of keeping your desk neat. <laughs> a little table. I mean, you could do them on the floor. In fact, um, the other night... Uh, we were at a friend's house and she had, I mean, she didn't say it was an altar, but like it was an altar. Um, there was like a little piece of a pallet, not like a full, full pallet, but piece of like a wooden pallet on the floor. But it was like, it looked nice, like clearly it had been stained or something. And it was on the floor and she had like various objects on it. And then there was a mirror standing, like a very big mirror standing behind it, like a floor mirror. And it was such a cool little space. 
It was really, really neat. So that was like a floor altar, basically. Um, raised up a little, but you could put it out just like a little cloth on the floor even. Um, a windowsill. I mean, really get creative. Could even be super, super tiny, you know? I have kind of like a little self-care altar. Like, I have my main altar, and then I have little, like, working, like, extra altars, like, lifestyle altars, I guess you could say. The desk one would be an example, although that's not one I have in my current home. Um, but I have a shelf in my closet where I keep, like, all of my lotions and oils and creams and my jewelry and all those things. And it's, like, a place I go to every single morning, and it's become, like, a little altar. Um, I have some, like, pictures that inspire me and just, like, a little spot. So... Now the fun part. I mean, this is like a craft project. This is creative. In fact, um, a couple weeks ago, when I was in my slump and I was like not feeling creative whatsoever, um, I decided one day to revamp my altar. And I, you know, didn't want to go out and buy a bunch of things because that's, again, like, of course you can. And there's nothing wrong with that if you decide that's the right fit. But like, really open your eyes and intuition to what you already own what's in your home that could serve it or you know what you find out in the world be it a feather a twig you know some flowers you know this isn't like just honestly there's so many beautiful pictures of like altars on instagram which is funny because i'm I mean, I like sometimes post like little snippets of mine but it's like not really something that goes on the on social media for me um they're fun to look at on Instagram, sure, but like some of them, I'm like, damn, that costs some money. <laughs> now, on one hand, of course, you know, offerings, like if you have the money, yeah, like purchase some things for the altar or if you're really called to buy something specific, go for it. Especially if you're working with a deity, you know, it's like that's an offering. So don't be stingy, but this is not something you need to buy for. It's about like giving your energy and your soul and your spirit. So you've figured out what you want to call in. You found a spot, no matter how creative. Awesome. So this is my sort of basic process. Um, I'll first clear, if, if, it, if you have an existing altar or if it's like a space that has some things on it, clear it all off and wipe it down. I, I use Florida water, Agua de Florida, um, which is a, it's actually like a cologne that like a water-based cologne, which maybe is what a cologne is. I don't know. It's very popular in the Southern United States and in Latin America. And you can purchase it like at Botanica's or in like in some cities, like at the drugstore. Um, it's used a lot of magical workings. And it has a very strong smell, kind of like citrusy and spicy. And anyway, um, it's inexpensive. Um, I buy bottles of that and bless it and use it for various things. Like one of my favorite things to do is I use it as like a rinse aid in my in my laundry. <laughs> and it smells makes the clothes smell amazing. And it like gets all the psychic like negative energy out. And it makes it smell amazing. So you can use that. You can wipe it down. Um, wipe down the surface. You can make your own wash, which is what I do as well, um, to clean the entire home. Um, my personal wash is a combination of white vinegar, distilled water, um, fresh lime juice, um, 
various herbs. I have like sort of a ritual around it. Um, this is an idea, an original recipe that I've adapted that I got from um, Veronica Varlow. Um, maybe I can find her recipe online. If I can, I'll put it in the show notes. Um, it was like a thousand years ago. And the one I have that I've written is like my own version. Um, so yeah, like vinegar, water, herbs. I cook it on the stove, set intention, clean with that. Um, you could just use straight diluted vinegar, which is a fantastic um, cleansing, both you know, physical cleanser, um, disinfectant, as well as a spiritual cleanser. All of these things are physical and spiritual cleansers. Most simple thing, if I've just really confused you with all those options, is white vinegar diluted with water. The vinegar smell will dissipate. It will not stick around forever. So add essential oils if you want. Bam. Or, do, you know, do a more complicated idea like the Florida water or a handmade wash. Um, make sure it's very clean. And I will then, well, I always start with the altar cloth. You can get creative here. So, of course, you could buy beautiful fabric. Amazing. Um, I've used beautiful scarves in the past. Amazing. But my favorite is what I have right now on there. You're going to laugh. So I have this, like, jumpsuit. Beautiful. It's like a, like a, uh, sort of like a cross between, like, like, uh, green, greeny teal and like an emerald green with all these flowers on it and I really love the fabric and I love the piece but I just like never wore it and Venus like the one of the colors associated with Venus is green and um it just came to me in a vision it was like use it for your altar cloth and I was like what this is a piece of clothing and I was like should I cut it up and and my intuition was like, no, you don't need to cut it up. Just, like, lay it out. And so what I did is I have it, like, folded on there. And it just looks like fabric. Like, it doesn't look like a piece of clothing. It's clean, obviously. Not by some grody thing on my altar. And it's folded. It fits perfectly. And it looks just like a beautiful fabric. And if I ever, like, decide to use it, I'll, like, put it on. I'll be supercharged. <laughs> so you can get creative. Look at the fabrics you have in your world. So I put that out. It's like my little stage. And then I just start collecting objects and I arrange them according to my intuition. This isn't something you can do right or wrong. You know, some people will like put things in different cardinal directions and stuff. Totally fine, but not what I do. I just do it completely intuitively. I'll sometimes prop art like at the back. Um, or you could hang it, obviously, as well. But I like to like just lean it. I like the way it looks. I drape jewelry, like, on the frames. Um, you could use photos if of something you desire, you know. Um, you can use stones. It could be crystals or it could be, like, stones you find. Things from nature, feathers, twigs, um, tarot cards or oracle cards. Um, you can put, like, anything you want. Fresh flowers pictures of your desires you could put um notes you know to the universe that you've written you could put um letters of intention to yourself you could put um candles obviously 
Um, I like every morning I put out a dish of water and light some incense or a candle for the local spirits. Um, that's a practice I picked up from Carolyn Elliott. And um, yeah, like it's been pretty transformative, just that daily thanks for not like the big fancy deities and spirits, but like the local ones that have no name that like actually are the ones probably really looking after you or making your life hard in day to day, <laughs> depending on whether or not, you know, you appreciate them. Um, and I don't mean that in a superstitious way, like better give them something or they're going to curse you. It's, it's more just like I notice a difference when I have this practice, like things go a little more smoothly. I personally, my personal belief is there are local spirits everywhere. You might call them fairies. You might call them. I mean, there's like a bunch of special words for them. I just call them local spirits. <laughs> but um, they, you know, I think they're probably like kind of pissed off because nobody pays attention to them. And like if you live in a city, it's an agitating environment and um, they will appreciate like the little hello, you know. So I do that. Um, anything you desire. It could be like officially magical or not. Hell, maybe you're, like, not really that, like, witchy, <laughs> which is totally fine. And you just have, like, maybe some fresh flowers and, like, some twigs you collected from nature and, you know, like, some pictures of things that matter to you, you know? I mean, really, like, there is no, there are no rules here to me, in my opinion. <laughs> some people might disagree, but I think they're wrong. Um get creative have fun make it beautiful make something you get excited to look at and it was such a fun project for me like a low entry point creative project when I needed a little juice it's just it looks so beautiful now I have um, this beautiful like abundance art on the back that I purchased and like never hung up anywhere it, it's like perfect for the altar I have some pearls for my grandmother Venus loves pearls um you draped on the frame as well as some other jewelry that's symbolic to me. Um, so I have tons of beautiful crystals that I've just collected over the years. Like most of them are small and, you know, just they are meaningful to the energy I'm trying to evoke. Um, I have tarot cards of the Empress and the Queen of Pentacles. Um, I have Oracle cards with messages I like. Um, right now they're, ones I've pulled out like a little pile of each and I can like kind of go through them to be inspired but they're specific ones I've pulled out from Gabriella Rossi's um, bad bitch affirmations which is like one of my favorite ones to use in the altar because it's super colorful and fun and then also Daniela Port's um uh truth bomb deck or decks um just like a few that I've pulled out that specifically said something to me about what I'm trying to evoke there um, like a little gold cauldron, can you know, just like all kinds of things. Um, and those are all things I like. Really, none of those things are things I purchased for the altar, and that doesn't mean they're any less special. There is one thing that I bought specially for the altar, and it was like kind of a splurge. Or not a sp well, it was at the time actually. Um. Kind of unexpected, but it was just like Venus was like, bitch, get me this. <laughs> now she was nicer, but it's this gorgeous, large, large, polished um, and glazed abalone shell. 
um, actually, is it an abalone shell? Yes, I think I think it is. I'm I'm, I'm picturing it now. It's but it's very glazed. It's super super shiny. Venus loves loves shells, seashells, and this is really clamshell shaped. So it's like. It's super Venusian. And you can't use it for incense, like a traditional abalone shell, because it's glazed. But I use it as an offering dish. I put, I, I keep my money in there, my cash. Um, yeah. Like, it was super stunning, really special piece. And that was one where I was out already, and I just, like, found it. And it was just like, oh, my God, I need to get this. Literally, it was, like, all the money I had left in my wallet, which, you know, like, it wasn't, like, that much, but... <laughs> um, anyway, so... My point here... I guess this was kind of, like, end up being, like, a little craft episode. Um, what... You know, I came in here expecting to talk about altars. Um, you know, how it's so important to create a physical space in our homes for the things that we are bringing in. You know, really, like, like they, like they live here already. You know, abundance lives here already. Love lives here already. Like that's what the point of an altar. That's what it does. It's also just like a great, you know, spot to, if you do meditate or pray or do yoga or just like, I'll just straight up talk. You know, I guess it's like kind of like prayer, but like I just talk, like I just riff, and I'm like what the hell's going on with this and blah, blah, blah. And I don't understand. And like, I'm before I know it, I'm answering my own questions and just like channeling and laughing. Cause it's like, okay, you're telling me everything I should have already known, you know? <laughs> um, but it's a physical space for all those things. Or, you know, if you're doing something more like, you know, it can be a place to work on your dream in front of it. You know, and you don't, again, you'll have to be like, you don't have to believe in anything to do that. You can work on your dream in front of it. You can, you know, have breakfast in front of it. Like, I mean, yeah, if you Google, you will find like all these altar rules. But like these are this is the basic process I've always followed. Always. Um, and, you know, it's never steered me wrong. So, you know, and hell, if you're inspired by the beginning, my little like unexpected chat about making magical oils give it a try you know that was not intended to be like a complete how-to um, I'm sure there are details I've missed but it my point is always to give you a general idea when I'm talking about these tangible practices I want to give you a general idea but I want you to follow your intuition because really these my version of these practices that's how I've developed them you know I mean, especially when it comes to things like magical or, you know, law of attraction, people are so afraid of doing it wrong <laughs> that they like miss the point, which is that it's all about intention. It's all about your feelings of alignment and joy and pleasure associated with it. And if you have those feelings, you're not going to go wrong. I promise you. And if you're going to be like, what about sociopaths who like, you know, feel pleasure hurting people? Well, actually, I think the definition is that, like, they don't feel anything. But, <laughs> you know, you get my point. Like, I'm not even going to go there. Um, but, you know, I, I want I don't want to give you all the details. I want you to figure them out yourselves. I want this to be an inspiration for you to just go and do this, you know. So this weekend, this weekend is a great time for these projects because it is in bulk. 
um, on Friday, and I'm actually recording this before Friday. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, it's Wednesday. Um, so that's why I wasn't like happy in book or llamas, um, it, which is kind of like the pagan Groundhog's Day. And it's it's really just a um, old Celtic festival to celebrate like the first hints of spring. It's also associated with it's also known as St. Bridget's Day. Um, it's also known as Groundhog's Day on the second. It's um, so the Imbolc Sabbat is the first through the second. And um, this is a great weekend to set intentions. I mean, this is a really, really, really good time to set intentions. Um, it is the waning moon, but um, which is, yeah, traditionally a time like we're not calling things in. But since this is a, a, a Sabbath, this is a special day or set of days. Um, in bulk in particular, is a great time to set intentions for the rest of the year for creating miracles, for making things happen, um, for, like, lighting the fire under your ass. <laughs> so, you know, whether or not you're a pagan, you know, hell, just, like, take that information and make it another reason to work on these projects this weekend and make some things happen, you know? So I hope this episode was fun for you. I, um, you know... I love these, like, I love to share these ideas of things that are really tangible. They're a big part of my craft. Things that are very tangible that you can just do with what you have or with things that are easily available. This isn't about, like, magic that you have to go and shell out a fortune for. Um, and it doesn't mean it's not super powerful because it is. So if you have any questions at all, please, as always, you can message me on Instagram. My handle in the link is in the show notes. Um, and as always, thank you so, so much for all of your beautiful reviews on iTunes. Um, if you're listening on iTunes in the, or in the Apple Podcast Store, feel free to leave a lovely review. Um, I, I really, really enjoy hearing what these episodes, um, what you're getting from them, what, you know, people have talked about like what their backgrounds are and what they're getting out of the podcast. And it's very interesting and it really helps me direct the future content. So please let, let me know what you thought. Um, I would love to hear from you and until next time, have a beautiful week and I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>